Lord, one more time. Yes, one more time. On this first Sunday of February. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Time is moving on. Yes, it is. You know what? You're going to turn around one day and it's going to be Christmas. Oh, yeah. huh? don't mention it. Yeah. Don't mention it. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, all right. We're going to go ahead and get started our devotional service. And we just ask that you all to join in with us here and let us celebrate this marvelous day that the Lord has made. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are climbing Jacob's ladder, we are climbing Jacob's ladder, we are climbing Jacob's ladder. I'm a children of the heavenly king may praise
Thank God, you. God, you gave us the use and the activity of these old people now. Yes, Lord. Thank, Thank you. Lord, Heavenly Father, for another chance on this side. Yes. Lord God, to get it right where we've been wrong for so many times. Have mercy, Lord. Lord God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thanking you, all, Heavenly Father, for each and every one under the sound of my weak voice. Yes, Lord. Lord God, lay your hands on us this morning. Yes, right now. Lay your hand on us, Lord, let it be thy holy will. Yes. Your will. Lord God, touch us with a finger of thy divine love. Yes. Lord God, we know you got all power oh, in your oh, hands. Yes. Lord God, you can do everything but fail. Yes, yes. Lord God, you got sanctifying power. Yes. You got Holy Ghost power. Yes, Lord. You got saving power. Yes, Lord. You got earthly power. Have yes. mercy. Lord God, you got all power in your hands. And Lord God, you can do everything but fail. Yes. Lord God, bless each and every one under the sound of my weak voice. Yes, Lord. Lord, stop out for a little while. Yes. Just for a little while, Lord, if you don't stay long. Yes. Have your way, Lord. Right now. Have your way in the life of your children, Lord. Some of us stand in the need of one thing, Lord. Some of us stand in the need of another. Yes, Lord. But whatsoever we need, Lord God, we know you got it, Lord. Yes. You got the medicine in the hymn when you're coming, Lord. Yes, Lord. You fill all out of prescriptions, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Lord God, you know us name by name yes. and house by house. Lord God, you know our uprising, you know our downfalling, you know our weaknesses, you know our strength. Yes. Lord God, you know just how much we can bear. Yes. Lord God, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thanking you, Lord God, for where you brought us from. But most of all, what are you taking us to right now? Knowing, Lord, that you got all power in your hand. Yes. And that you can do everything but fail. Bless each and every one of us, name by name and house by house. Yes, Lord. Lord God, go before us and make your crooked way straight. Yes. Lord God, have mercy this morning. This morning. Have mercy to be thy holy will. Yes. Have your way in the life of your children, Lord. Lord God, you know us all name by name and house by house. You know our weaknesses, you know our strength, and you know just how much we can bear. Have your way, Lord. Yes. Have your way, Lord. Your way. Not our will, but your will be done. Yes. Lord God, everything will be all right. Oh, yes. Lord God, we thank you for all our tomorrows, because you hold tomorrow. Lord God, you got all power in your hand. Yes. And you can do everything but fail. Thank you, Lord. Thanking you, O Heavenly Father, for the shepherd you place over this flock. Lord God, give him the will and the power to keep going in your name, Lord. Yes. Sweetest name that we know. Yes. Have your way. Right now. Lord, not our will, but your will be done. And everything will be all right. Oh, yes. And Lord God, we'll be so careful. To give you all the honor and glory and the praise, knowing that you got all power in your hands. You're worthy. Have your way. Right now. Thank you for what you already done. Yes. Thank you right now for what you're getting ready to do. Knowing that you got all power in your hands. And Lord God, you can do everything but fail. Bless is only you can bless. Yes. Save is only you can save. Yes, Lord. Lord God, let your will be done. Your will. Not our will, but your will be done. Bless the shepherd that you place over this flock, Lord. Yes. Give him a word, Lord. 
Give him a word. Let us hear from you, Lord. Yes. One yes. word from you, Lord, and everything will be all right. Uh -huh. We just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thanking you for what you already done. Yes. Thanking you for what you're getting ready to do right now. Yes. Blessing only you can bless. Yes. Saving only you can yes. save. Yes. Healing only you can heal. And everything, everything will be all right. Yes. And Lord God, we'll be so careful to give you all honor and the glory and the praise, knowing that you've got all power. In your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank Father. you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, everybody. Let everybody say amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. This is going to bring an end to our devotional service, but not to an end to our prayer. Uh, we pray God riches, blessings upon each and every one of you. And my Father's children, we now turn the remainder of this service over to the hands of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. We offer praise and thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you for our deacons for leading us in the devotion. And we are going to go ahead on and carry on. I do want to state that the pastor will not be here today. Uh, his mother is very ill. And I uh, communicated with him this morning and yesterday. And, uh, I'm sure he's somewhere near Atlanta by now. I'm sure he's keeping his daughter and grandson. He talks to Sister Ophelia Morrison and me. So pray for him. Yes. Yes. And uh, uh, he and his whole family, okay? Amen. All right. Uh, he won't be back, he said, until Thursday. So. That means that the normal prayer meeting, not prayer meeting, and Bible study that he would have, we would not have anyway because the association uh, is going on, which starts tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below.
Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, not standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Brother Amerson's brother did pass 
Uh, we ask that you continue to lift him and the family up. I do have all of the information, but I didn't bring it up here with me, so I'll be happy to share that with you following the services. Let us pray for Sister Budget, who is away. A family member of hers passed away, and she's at that funeral out of town. But let us please pray for our pastor, who is in Atlanta, as Dr. Jenkins mentioned, uh, with his mother, who is seriously ill. We know prayer works. So we're asking the prayers of the entire church to pray mightily for our pastor and his family and for all of us on the sick and ailing list and those who are grieving at this time. God is good, church. And we know prayer works. So if it be God's will, he will raise them all up, those who are on the sick, um, their sick bed. We know that he is able. So we just ask that you continue to pray. Now I want to share with you all some good news. You know, we hear all kind of things in the world, and it makes us down and out. But I got some good news for you all today. So tune your ears up so we can hear the good news. And the good news today is Deacon Furlow. Our Lord is on a recruiting mission this morning. He's looking for a few volunteers to join God's Peace Corps. He's looking for a few good men and a few good women who will spread God's peace all over the world. And if you join his corps, he has promised that you will be blessed and you will be called children of God. Now, isn't that good news? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. And now we turn to the end of the service back into the hands of the pulpit. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Sister Barson. Uh, I want to reemphasize uh, Wednesday night at 6.30. We have a lot of things going on that she talked about. I think uh, <clears throat> our president is preaching on Monday night. Uh, but Wednesday night at 6.30, Sister Ophelia Morrison is bringing her annual address. I think this is probably eight years. Eighth and final. Huh? Eighth year and final under this administration. Well, we don't know whether it's final or not. Under this administration. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. Eight years. She is the Seaboard Women's President. And uh, she hasn't had an opportunity to work in that other appointment that she has. She's also the first vice president of the Florida General Women's Department. Amen. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with them. <laughs> yeah. At this time, we want to acknowledge uh, any visitors that we have. Uh, stand and uh, give the name and Okay, uh, the tickets for the luncheon, which will be celebrating. Come on, sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good morning, family and friends, and those that are on Facebook Live. I come before your forefront this morning to announce that I have the tickets um, in my hand. Those tickets are for our our President Ophelia Morrison during her luncheon will be held on Wednesday. 
from 12 to 2. So you have to have a ticket if you're coming. So I'm coming before you right now to let you know I have those tickets. And if you desire to go, please see me because I have the tickets in my hand. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And you already paid for it, right? Yes. You already paid for it. <laughs> Just see me. You already been blessed. Amen. Amen. Visitors, please. Stand.
Father who art in heaven, we come before you transparent, recognizing you as the sovereign, all-wise, all-powerful God. We know that any situation that we have, uh, it's not beyond your changing it. We know, oh God, as we studied in our Sunday school lesson, there is no one that can compare to you. There's no one equal to you. You said unto Judah and Israel, the stupidity, the foolishness of bowing down to something that you carved out of maybe a piece of wood or molded out of metal, take it under your arm and sit it down and worship it. When we have the one and only Jehovah God, the one that is all-knowing, perfect in knowledge and understanding. Father, we want to ask you to come into our service because we know that you're already here. We're glad about the saints that have gathered here in the house of prayer. And we're glad about the fact that you have allowed us to be indwelt by your Holy Spirit. We ask for healing of our body, our minds, and our souls. We ask for reconciliation in families. We ask for reconciliation in our nation, in our world, oh God. We know that even when we feel like there's nothing that can be done, you can fix it. Oftentimes, you have already fixed it. It's just that we need to conceive it in our mind and receive the blessings. We pray oftentimes and asking God for things that he's already given us. And we need to receive it by faith. Keep us. Guide us. Heal us. Lead us to that way of understanding. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
us pray. Thank you, Lord. Our Father who is in heaven, you have been so good to us. We cannot even find the words. If we had a thousand tongues, it wouldn't be sufficient to give you the praise and the glory that you deserve. But in that what we do have, our hearts, our minds, and our souls, we thank you for it. We thank you for every offering that you have given us that we bring forth a portion of the increase. And we pray that you would bless it, bless those that have given, bless each and every one of us in accordance with your will and your purpose. Help us to know that you will open the windows of heaven, that you will pour out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray.
esteemed pastor. I traveling to see about his mother and we want to acknowledge him and he won't be back probably until Thursday, but <clears throat> pray that the Lord will have his way yes. in that situation. Yes. Also acknowledge our deacons and of course my wife here, Sister Jenkins, and um, my help me, you know, you know, she, she's, she comes alongside. Not behind me, right. not Amen. in front of me, Amen. three steps, but I've come alongside. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want to um, reason with you for a few moments today <clears throat> from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Before I go into the book of Revelation, although I'm not going to start at chapter 1, I'm going to start at 21, uh -huh. but I want to say a little something about Revelation. It's a unique book, for it is apocalyptic literature, prophecy, and letter. Why is that important? We need to understand that the Bible is written and different literatures, or uh, if I pronounce it right, genres or genres uh, is a type of literature. And Revelation is different from uh, all or most of the other books of the Bible because we still have prophecy, we still have letter or epistles, but this day and time, there's no more apocalyptic literature. Amen. So some people avoid the signs and the symbols in the book of Revelation, but I don't see any reason for that because uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that inspired the writing of the scriptures, but he's also the interpreter. And God is not a God of confusion. So he intended for us to read this and to read it with understanding. That requires study, prayer, yes. Amen. It was written around AD 95 when Domitian was the emperor of Rome, and only one other emperor was more wicked than Domitian, and that's Nero. I'm sure you've heard of Nero, and but Domitian was almost as wicked. Who wrote this? Holy Spirit inspired it, but the apostle John the same one that wrote the Gospel of John, and first and second and third John, is the writer of the book of Revelation. There are many uh, different interpretations of Revelation. 
particularly the millennium. That word means a thousand years and it's mentioned in the book of Revelation. But there are three thoughts. You might think, not think that's important, but it is. There are three thoughts about Revelation. One is called post-Revelation, which scholars believe that Jesus came after the thousand year of reign. Post means after. There are some that believe in pre-millennium, P-R-E, which means some believe that Christ came before the thousand year reign or the revelation. Others believe in our millennium, just an A and millennium. They don't believe there was no middle uh, 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 at all. Millennium at all. That there was a time of peace, <clears throat> but no specific amount of years, and they does not they do not believe or do not state who caused it. But I go back to the middle. I believe in the pre-millennium that God brought forth on this earth what was first called the Great Tribulation. Satan was bound according to the word of God for a thousand years. That's how we were able to have peace on the earth during the millennium. God had already had Satan bound. Now let's not get it twisted. He's bound but a chain and put in a pit. But that's not hell. That's not hell. Because after the thousand years, he will be loosed or released. But during the thousand year reign, God, Jesus, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will allow peace on this earth. Not in heaven, this is talking about on earth. Isaiah writes something about the millennium. He talks about there will be so much peace that cattle and wild animals will be able to graze together. And a child will be able to play over the hole of a cobra and not be harmed. That'll be peace. Yeah, somebody wrote a letter called Peace in the Valley because Jesus will have brought peace upon the earth. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it talks about Jesus coming in the air. And the dead in Christ will rise first. 
But then he says that those of us that remain, those of us that are alive, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Yes, yes. But let's not get it twisted. It didn't say nothing about Jesus coming down on the earth, did it? Right, right. It said he would come in the air. Yes. He's not going to touch down. There will be at least another thousand years before he come back the next time. That's recorded in Zechariah chapter 14. Where he'll put his feet on the mountain and the mountain will be split. But a whole lot will go on before Jesus come back the second time. A lot of the scriptures are uh, together. But there's a lot of time frame between that. Let me give you an example in Isaiah chapter 61, Luke chapter 4. Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he says, reading from Isaiah 61, I have been anointed to preach the gospel. He talks about the acceptable year of the Lord. But he stops there. The rest of the sentence says, and the day of vengeance. That's Isaiah 61, verse 1. Why did he stop there? Because the acceptable year of the Lord is while he's on earth the first time. The acceptable year of the Lord, he was letting the people know in the synagogue that he would be back. But the day of vengeance when he will have defeated enemies, including Satan, they're not yet. Luke chapter 4, he read that. He said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They got mad with him. When he was saying this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, he's saying the one that says I will, Isaiah talked about I've been anointed to preach the gospel. That's what the word Christ really means, anointed. Right, right. Messiah, the Savior. He said I'm the one. Yes. This day this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Not Trump. I know he said he's the chosen one. My question is, who chose him? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was chosen by his father. You know what? He came down that he might save us. But he didn't cease being God. Philippians said he emptied himself. He took on the likeness of sinful flesh. It didn't say he took on sinful flesh. Because there was no sin in him even though he became the son of man. Took on the likeness of sinful flesh. Yes. Took on some weaknesses. 
But the weaknesses were chosen weakness. He chose to die. He chose to get hungry. He chose to get tired. He chose to suffer even as we suffer. That's what he was trying to tell them in Luke chapter 4 when he says, I have been anointed to preach the gospel. And he didn't say about vengeance. Because when he comes back the next time, he won't come back as the suffering lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You hear me? Yes. He won't come back as the suffering lamb. He'll come back as the almighty yes. sovereign God. Yes. The lamb that looked like he was slain for yes. the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus. Revelation chapter 21. New King James Version says, Now I saw a new heaven. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Then I, John, saw the holy city. Y'all shout right here. New Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who named this church, but he picked a good name. Amen. New Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, adorned for her. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. John also wrote in the very first chapter, In the beginning is the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. But in the 14th verse, he says he will tabernacle, which literally means that he will pitch his tent, yes. that he will dwell uh -huh. with men. Mm. And that fulfills the Isaiah said that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah, his name is Jesus. Yes. But God with us speaks about him dwelling with me. He loved us so much. But what's so wonderful about God that he had a plan of salvation before we fell? Thank you, Lord. Before we fell. He already had a plan. Yes. <coughs> we are now here in the Revelation, but in Genesis, when he drove us out of the garden, uh -huh. that wasn't just punishment. That was mercy. Think about it. 
That was mercy. He drove Adam and Eve out of the garden because he had left them in the state that they were in and they had eaten from the tree of life. They would have been eternally condemned. They drove them out. They had an angel with a flaming sword to make sure they didn't get back in there. Because he knew that the seed that would have enmity between the woman and the serpent, which was speaking about Jesus, that he would come and Satan would only be able to nip his heel, but he would bruise Satan's head. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? It means it's like uh, if you ever been out in the country, you might take a big stick and hit a stake on the head. Essentially, you hit him hard enough that it was a fatal blow. But he might crawl off and die somewhere else later. The fatal blow was put on Satan's head at Calvary. When Jesus died, especially when he was resurrected, Satan was defeated then. Because we had reconciliation. We had grace. We had mercy. Oh, praise his holy name. Just a little bit more before I go into detail, but the subject today is the New Jerusalem. Four points. God's presence. God's presence. Point number two. God's comfort. God's comfort. We'll talk about all of that. And three. God's perfection. God's perfection. And four, God's eternality. God's eternality. Earlier in the book of Revelation, John spoke of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Chapter 19, verse 9. We now see its fulfillment in contrast to the worldly city in chapter 11, verse 8. Now, when you think about the worldly city in the book of Revelation, you might go back to Babylon, but that's not the worldly city we're talking about now. We're talking about Jerusalem on earth. They had become wicked persistently disobeying God. They were his chosen folk. They saw, Judah saw Israel go into bondage, but they turned around and kept on sinning, thinking God would let them get away just because they went to church. Mm -hmm. 
Some folk like that today. Amen. They walk by talking about the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. They came in there, they offered the sacrifice, stole from God with the tithes and offerings, mm -hmm. sexual immorality, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But this is the temple of the Lord. Yeah. He's not going to harm us. Right. Well, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Over and over again. They should have learned before we got to the book of Isaiah because all through the book of Judges, and even when they got into the promised land, instead of them worshiping God, they worshiped the gods of the folk that God told them to run out of or kill them. Milcom. All these different foreign gods. Even went to the point of sacrificing children to out of God. That was the unholy city of Jerusalem. But now we see the holy city of Jerusalem yes. coming down from heaven. Yes. New heaven, new earth. Mm -hmm. Some people say that that meant that he renovated it, but I don't believe that. That's a different. I believe he transformed it because he said the old earth and the old heaven and pass away. Right, right. Yeah, he got rid of it and he yeah. recreated it, I believe. Yeah. So there will be no more sea. In other words, sea divides the land. But in the new heaven and the new earth, he didn't say there wouldn't be no water. There wouldn't be water. But no more sea. No more, no more division. No more crime. No more death. No more pain. No more liars. No more murderers. No more cowards. It has passed away. That doesn't appear to be any earthly family reunions. You know, I hear some fools say, you know, 48 say, see Jesus, I want to see my mama. I want to see my dad. Yeah, I believe according to the scripture that we will recognize moms and dads, husbands and wives, but there won't be no more families like that. There will be one big family, a holy family under the rule of God, and we're going to spend our time not arguing and going to family reunions and drinking and carousing. We're going to spend our time praising God. Jesus said to the Sadducees, they talk about a woman that had several husbands. Well, no, who would she be in the kingdom? He said, you don't understand the scriptures. When we get to heaven, we'll be like angels. Won't be no more marriages. Don't get twisted. He didn't say we would be angels. He said we would be like angels. So when you hear these songs at funerals, Oh, my mama just flew up into heaven. God doesn't say nothing about me. 
humanity get no wings? The angels have wings. He said we would be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Yeah. You know what it says? Yeah. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Believers will be happy but our main focus will be praising God. And what yeah. I just mentioned about no more marriages, Matthew chapter 22, verse 30. I'll give you stuff I want to make. It's sure it's biblical. Say Reverend Jenkins said so and so. I'll verify it. If you verify it like I said. He said also, Matthew 12 and 50, when his mama and brothers and sisters were waiting outside going to see Jesus, mm -hmm. to act like they thought they had special purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But he made Notice of his disciples. Mm -hmm. These are my brothers, sister, and my mama. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. The saints of God, the one that keeps his commandments. Right. Even though even the apostles are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. In fact, even the mama got involved. Come on. James and his brother, I think it was. Wanna know if one of them could sit on the right, the other could sit on the left in your kingdom. Jesus let them know that they weren't able to be, stand what he would stand. Yeah, they would be dying. They might even be resurrected like Lazarus. But after a while, Lazarus died again. Yeah. Yeah. Revelation 21 here is talking about the anointed one. The firstborn from the dead. Firstborn over creation. First fruit of those that are fallen asleep. Died. Resurrected. Never to die again. Never to die again. I hear an old sister back in Mount Calvary in Meridian, Mississippi said I wouldn't serve a God that couldn't take care of me beyond the grave. An old snagger tooth deacon said I was standing at the table when they signed my name. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yes. Some of the songs that the old saints were singing weren't theologically correct, but they knew they loved Jesus. I like the one that said, I found in him a resting place. And he has made me glad. The hymn that says, On Jordan, stormy bank I stand. Cast a wistful eye to Canaan fair and happy land. Where my possession lies. Does anyone here today know where your possession lies? 
Do you know who you are and whose you are? Do you know that even though Jesus died, that he was resurrected on the third day morning? If you believe it today, say yes. 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 tender shoot like a root out of dry ground. Jesus. Paul said, talking about the Father, he made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That new Jerusalem that came down out of the heaven is also described as building. It's also described as a city, but it's described as a holy city. It talks about a city that won't need the moon or the sun anymore because the Lamb will be the light. It talks of a city that's built on 12 foundations, a city that has uh, 12 gates, but the gates of pearl. There's three on the north, three on the south, three on the west, and three on the east. The holy city. Then it says the street would be pure gold. But let's not get it mixed up. John is talking about a beautiful place that we can't hardly find words or the thoughts to imagine. But if you think you're going to be in heaven walking around on gold on the streets, you miss the spirituality of this scripture. But it's describing a perfection. Some writers say it's shaped like a pyramid. And there will be enough room there for all of the saints throughout the ages. John wrote that he was going to prepare a place for us. And he has prepared the place and it comes down out of heaven. This holy city. Then it says, Telepia, a spring of pure water like crystal flowing out of the throne of God. Then it says there would be a river on each side, or on either side of the river. And just like there would be uh, inscriptions of the 12 apostles and notice of the 12 tribes of Israel, there would be 12 fruits coming off of these trees. And these fruits will be for the healing of the nations. You might say, Jenkins, why do you need any healing in heaven? Because everything will be perfect. But that word means therapeutic health giving. In other words, it will be uh, therapeutic in the fact that 
He will not allow any more sickness. Yeah. Because God will not allow any more sickness or have any more need to be. Because he said he would dry every tear. From their eyes. Dry every tear. From their eyes. John says in the first Revelation 21, 3 or 4, I heard a loud voice from the throne. This is the last of the 20 times that the expression a loud voice is used in Revelation. It was first used in Revelation 5 and 2. And the question was asked, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seal? That was before the tribulation was going to come upon the earth. John wasn't worthy. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob weren't worthy. Warren J. Clark weren't worthy. Frank Jenkins weren't worthy. Not even the four living creatures, the angels that was in the presence of God, the cherubim that was on the lid of the tabernacle, or the whether the gospel or whether the word was kept. Yeah. I can see the cherubims on what they call the mercy seat. Yeah. The wings were stretched out over their head. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus or God rather would appear between the wings of the cherubim and he would tell Israel what to do, where to go and what not to do. He still does that today. Yes, does. But he doesn't have to get on the mercy seat. Right. Because he died and he got up. Mm -hmm. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. Yes, Even when we're on our way to do evil. Mm -hmm. He's still there. Yes. Yeah, I remember in Psalm 51, David asked the Lord not to take his spirit from him. Mm -hmm. That was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Sometimes the kings and even the prophets were anointed to do certain things. But sometimes they were indwelt. But if they were indwelt, it was on a temporary basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, the New Jerusalem, That's the church, yeah. that came down from heaven, have the Holy Spirit within us. He abides. God has made us members of the body of Christ. And he is the head of the church. We have no substance except it comes from him. Who's worthy? Who is thirsty? Those that are thirsty for the Holy Spirit will drink without cause from the spring of the water of life, spiritually speaking. This is the eternal state. Because after the thousand years Satan was loose, he went out and started raising hell again. All right. Gilded Gog and Magog 
had the audacity to fight against God. Who's likened unto him? To whom can he be compared? He lost before he even started. But the sad thing about it is, hell was made for the devil and his angels. But some of us will go there. Some of humanity, I'm not saying some of you, I believe you say, I hope you are. But some humanity is going to hell. Carlton Pearson running around saying there ain't no hell. But there is. But he's going to be surprised when he dies. If he don't come to the realization that there is a hell, that the word is true. Before he dies, I hope he does. Oh, he died? Oh, my goodness. Well, we don't temple there. We don't need for no more New Jerusalem, mm -hmm. Mount Zion, Mount Olives, Mount Pisgah. presence of a temple in heaven. God instructed Moses to make the tabernacle right. and his furniture according to the heavenly pattern. Exodus 25 and 9. When Christ died and was resurrected, he went to the heavenly sanctuary of which the earthly one was a mere copy. Hebrews 9, 23 to 24. Why then did John write that he saw no temple in the city, the holy city? God said everything had passed away. That's right. Everything would be new mm -hmm. in heaven and in earth. This temple is the Lord. Yes. Yes. The heavenly sanctuary must have been a symbol of the presence of God and not literal now in the new heaven and the new earth. I want to close with point number four, the eternal life. The holy city would not be complete without the river of water of life, which John described the brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. This is a symbol of eternal life. Will you be there? Do you believe that Jesus died at Calvary? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Do you believe that he got up on the third day morning? Yes. And that one day we'll be in an eternal state. Yes. Eternal means forever. Our minds can't fathom that, can't trace it out. We figure that everything has a beginning and an end. But God has always been. He always shall be. And he shall take us somewhere forever. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord.
us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you allowed us once again to assemble in the house of prayer. And as you said, as we take this communion, or you said to take it off in remembrance of you. Yes, sir. Thank you. And we pray that you would forgive us for all of our sins. Enable us, oh God, to take this knowing in our hearts and our minds that we're not condemned. Yes, yes. Bless each of us. Guide us. Help us to grasp the total significance of this bread and this wine. Mm -hmm. Bless us in Jesus' name we pray. chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. He went his way and conferred with the chief priests and the captains how he might betray him in the absence of the multitude. He conferred and sought opportunity to betray him and the absence of the multitude. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. He said to Peter and John, Go and prepare the Passover, that I may eat with my disciples. They said unto him, Where do you want us to prepare? He said, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house that he shall enter. And say, the teacher says, where is the guest chamber that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnace upper room. They'll make ready. So they went and found it as he had said. And when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve apostles with him. He said, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. But I will no longer eat of it until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven.
received the healing of our Lord's body and his blood. Our Lord's body. Our Lord's blood. times I set the service was enjoying it just being quiet and listening. Yes. So I don't uh, beg for no amen. Because sometimes you say amen, you don't mean it no way. <laughs> it means you understand and you agree with it. Yes. Right? Amen. Well, praise God for all of you. We've done what we need to do today. And as the pastor say, there's still room at the cross. Let's stand. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Let each of us say amen. 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 amen.